Welcome to Unfuck Your Brain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use psychology, feminism, and coaching to rewire your brain and get what you want in life. And now here's your host, Harvard Law School grad, feminist rock star, and master coach, Kara Lowenthal. All right, my chicken, if you're listening to this, it's because you're thinking about joining the clutch. So here's what I want to ask you. How long have you been thinking about this? The last time we opened to the public, I coached a student who had been thinking about joining for three years and never had. And she did finally join. And then a few weeks later, she shared that she was beating herself up now for having taken so long to join because she was making so much more progress inside the clutch than she had just listening to the podcast for years. And so, of course, her brain had basically like turned on her and was now criticizing her for not having joined the clutch earlier. And I see this all the time, like you learn to manage your mind and then your brain immediately beats you up for not having managed your mind in the past, which I have so much compassion for our brains when they do that because of course brains, (laughs) like first your brain keeps you from taking the leap to change your life. And then when you finally do, your brain yells at you for not doing it sooner. Like that's an abusive relationship, right? That's a catch 22. But I wanna talk about this because I don't think it's uncommon. I think it's actually quite common. And weirdly, I actually think that sometimes if we've chosen in the past not to do something, we then don't want to change our opinion about it because that will mean that we were wrong before and then we'll beat ourselves up. Like I see this in my brain and I think that's what socialization does to women's brains. It trains our brains to beat ourselves up no matter what, right? Like I see in myself that sometimes I'll get exposed to, let's say, somebody's work, like a teacher or another coach on Instagram or social media. Someone will share their work with me, whatever. And initially, I sort of feel resistant to it or I judge it or I'm a little drawn to it, but I like convince myself not to learn from it or join the program or do the thing, whatever, go on the retreat. But I keep seeing it and it's like resonating with me more and more. But then I don't want to admit to myself that it might be valuable or that I could have learned from it before because that makes me feel anxious that that means I was wrong and I like did it wrong and I missed something and brains hate to be wrong, right? There's evolutionary biology on this. Like brains just do not like to be wrong. We like to feel certain because we think uncertainty or being wrong means we might die. And then socialization trains women to critique themselves all the time, beat themselves up about everything and kind of always be looking for a reason to criticize themselves. And I think the same concept applies if you haven't joined the clutch, even though you've thought about it or heard about it, if you've been thinking about it. Like if you feel great about the decision not to join and you've never given it a second thought, that's awesome. But you're probably not listening to this given the title of the episode. (laughs) So if you're considering it every time we open and you're listening to this and then you keep considering and not doing it, I want you to think about like, why is that? What are you waiting for? Right? Are you waiting to feel certain? If you're waiting to feel certain, then you need to go back and listen to the episode from last week, which was all about what a leap of faith requires, like how change requires a small step of faith, little leap of faith. Or if you have some hesitation to do it now, like pay attention and see, do you have that hesitation because in the past you decided not to, and now your brain feels uncomfortable because if you do it and it's helpful, you're going to make that mean you were wrong and you were bad and you should have been doing it all along and you're going to beat yourself up about that. You may not even be consciously thinking that, but if this resonates with you as I'm talking, then this is happening in your mind at an unconscious level. I don't think this is uncommon at all. I think that this is actually a kind of common problem we have where 
if we decided at some point that we couldn't change or something wouldn't help us, then we actually will sort of, if we don't get a hold of it, we could go through our whole life not changing just so that we don't ever prove that we were wrong before because then we're going to beat ourselves up. It's like we'd rather keep believing that we can't change than admit that maybe we could change because then we're going to beat ourselves up that we didn't do it earlier. And that is not a good reason to not change your life. And it's much better to just decide to not beat yourself up, <laughs> right? That way you can try and change because I think it's a fallacy. Like when our, I think our brains are wrong. When they beat us up and they – well, I mean, I always think our brains are – you know, we don't want to beat ourselves up. But I even think the thought process, the logic of like, well, this is changing and helping now, so I'm going to beat myself up for not having done it earlier, it implies that like you could have done it at any time, but that's not true, right? I say to myself like we're never ready until we're ready. And ready doesn't mean I feel certain. It just means like – okay, if I'm like ready to take that little leap of faith now, the fact that I didn't do it before doesn't mean I did something wrong. Like every phase of my life has been the journey that brought me here. So that's okay. Now I am ready to take that little leap of faith, right? I don't feel totally ready when I say this to myself. Like this is what I tell myself when I notice that I do want to do something. I want to learn something. I want to work with someone. I want to engage with a kind of new coaching tool or theory or whatever, or I want to change some part of my life that I've previously told myself I didn't want to change or I couldn't change, when I know that, see that that's going on, that I have like hesitation about making my life better or taking a chance on making my life better because I don't want to have been wrong about the past, I just say to myself, brain, we weren't ready then, but we're ready to take that leap now. We may not feel totally certain but like whatever happened in the past was leading me to here. That's really the sentiment. It's like everything that happened in the past, the decisions I made, what I was able to learn, what I was able to absorb, all of that has been bringing me to where I am now, where I am willing to take this leap to try to change this thing in my life. I was once talking to my teacher about how I had tried and failed to solve a particular problem like so many times, and I was really kind of afraid to even try again. And she said this thing that has stuck – because it's sort of like every time that I'm in that space – I am thinking like, okay, I could try one more time, but then if I fail, then I have to think all these terrible thoughts about myself. And so she said this thing that has stuck with me ever since. She said, I give myself as many chances to change or succeed as I could possibly need. And I love that so much. I think about it all the time with parenting. When I'm trying to teach one of my bonus kids something, it takes a lot of repetition. But I don't like snatch everything away and never let them try again and yell at berate them just because the first or 10th or 100th try doesn't work because I have complete faith that they can learn to tie their shoes or tell time or read a book. So I'm willing to show up for as many chances and times as it takes. I don't have them on this timeline or agenda where if they didn't do it before, then they'll never do it now. And if they do it now, I'm not like, see, you could have read before. You could have tried your shoes before. They couldn't, but now they can. So imagine having that kind of patience for yourself, right? And the kindness to celebrate yourself once you do start to change, rather than beat yourself up for not having changed sooner. So this is how we teach you to think inside the clutch. And we are open only through tomorrow for new members. We only open a few times a year for new members, and we are closing tomorrow, May 2nd. The Clutch is a feminist monthly coaching program, so you can stay for however many months feel right to you because it's all about empowering you to be in charge of your own life. When you join, you get instant access to the Feminist Mindset Fix course, which is the first month-long course that everyone takes 
when they join to learn the basic structure and the practice for changing any thought. And then you also get access to live coaching calls with me and the other Clutch Coaches, our Ask the Coaches forum where you can submit a written question and get coaching response anytime every question gets answered. There are a 100 bonus Q&A podcasts. So if you're a podcast listener, then that is a element that is going to be amazing for you. It's almost 100, maybe it's 98 episodes of me answering coaching questions like from people inside the clutch. Some of them are conceptual questions, but a lot of them are sort of, here's what's going on with me. How would you coach me? How could I coach myself? So that's an incredible resource. And we have an optional Facebook group. It's not required. All of the coaching and teaching and resources in the clutch are in a membership site that you log into. But we do have a Facebook group for kind of community if that's something that you like. Again, totally optional. And then once you've done your first month, you can stay as long as you like, and you can unlock a new course every month on whatever topic you want to work on. We have courses on the nervous system and trauma, on romantic relationships, on sex, on family drama, self-confidence, work, money and negotiation, body image, eating and movement, like all of the major areas of your life. And I want to, for those of you who sort of have been thinking about joining the clutch for a while, I want to relate a story about a new clutch member who I coached recently during our challenge because I was coaching her about the decision to join, right? And actually, whether or not you want to join the clutch, this will be relevant to you because the thought process is literally the same for anything we want to try, but are afraid to try or are holding back from out of fear of regret. So she raised her hand for coaching about this and she had a couple of concerns about joining the clutch. And The first was money, and that part actually we coached through pretty easily because given the way that women are socialized to think about money, it is beyond a shadow of doubt in my mind that every woman can find or create at minimum the extra $97 a month to pay for the clutch if she learns how to manage her mind and think on purpose. Because I've seen this happen with thousands of women, right? It might be applying for a job that pays more. It might be asking for a raise in your current job. It might be rearranging your budget with kind of a cleaner set of thoughts about your priorities. It might be working on a shopping pause if you tend to shop to handle your feelings. It might be talking to your spouse about investing in your mental and emotional health when you've been afraid to talk to them about that. It might be starting a small side hustle. It might be, you know, we just had somebody in the recent challenge who had been ignoring some financial stuff in her life because she was overwhelmed and kind of scared of it and didn't think she could figure it out. But through self-coaching, she was able to sit down, figure it out, and access, you know, a pot of money that had been left over at a previous job that she had been ignoring because she was afraid of dealing with it. So this student that I was coaching had debt she was paying down, and she was thinking of it as the clutch versus the debt. Like I can either pay down my debt or I can pay for the clutch. My experience has been that when people learn how to manage their mind, they actually pay their debt down much faster for the same reasons, right? A lot of the reasons that we create or have trouble paying off consumer debt have to do with partly so much shame that we have around it because women are socialized to be passive about our finances and to believe that we're bad with money. And then especially if we have created debt, that reinforces that belief. And so we often haven't done kind of simple things like sit down and think differently about our budget, like consolidate our loans, like look into our interest rates, like look for those small part-time sources of income or negotiate for the raise or apply to the better job, right? My experience is when women learn how to manage their minds, 
they generally learn how to create more resources or sometimes they're sort of figuring out a different way of using the resources they have. But the way that we are socialized to think about money is such a deep part of our spending, budgeting, debt, all of those money patterns that it's sort of like it's a vicious cycle. If you don't learn how to manage your mind about that stuff, then you will have a much harder time creating more wealth, paying off your debt, learning how to be in charge of your money, right? And the same thing applies to time. Like part of the reason that we often feel like we don't have enough time is because the way we use our time is driven by an unmanaged mind. Like we waste so much time feeling shitty about ourselves. I mean, the amount of time that I wasted before I found coaching, like numbing myself out with Netflix for hours and hours. I mean, I like a Netflix binge once in a while still, don't get me wrong. But like every night, right? Ruminating over decisions I'd already made, rereading text messages over and over and over, texting 12 different people about the email I sent and did I phrase it right? I mean, that actually adds up to so much fucking time. Saying yes to things that we don't want to do because we're people pleasing, that's like a full-time job for some of us. So I think of it as sort of the analogy of somebody who is like walking to a store and it's going to take them two hours to get there. And somebody stops them after 15 minutes and says, listen, you got to pause for a half hour, but if you do, I can teach you how to drive. And then the store is only 15 minutes away, let's say, right? So you've walked 15 minutes. I'm going to spend half an hour teaching you how to drive. And then you'll only have to drive 15 minutes. So you're going to get to the store in an hour rather than two. And the person says, no, I can't stop. I don't have time. I can't learn to drive, right? I got to get to the store. So I can't stop and learn. That's what we're doing when we tell ourselves that we're too busy to learn to manage our minds, right? We are putting off and foregoing the thing that would actually get us much more time back in our week because we're, we've convinced ourselves we don't have time to do it. Anyway, so we talked through the money and the time. That was, you know, a concern, but that was sort of actually the kind of shorter part for her. Because when we got through that, what we got to was that what the student was really afraid of, and the reason that this applies no matter what kind of decision you're making, is that it was her thoughts she would have about herself if she tried this work, if she tried joining the clutch, and it, quote, didn't work. One of the things I think is fascinating about this is that people who have this thought pattern are generally people who have been listening to the podcast and the podcast has helped them. Like if you're listening to the podcast and the podcast has helped you, that means your thoughts have already changed some, which means it already works. Like you already know it works, <laughs> right? So what we're really afraid of is what we're going to think to ourselves if we don't do it perfectly. And she was afraid she would think things like, see, I never follow through. I didn't do it right. I can't change. I'll always be miserable. You know, I wasted money. I'll always be in debt. There's something wrong with me. And all of that was going to lead to deep shame. That's what she was afraid she would feel, deep shame. Like she was wrong and bad and not good enough and there was no hope for her. And that is really what I want to tell all of you, whether you join us in the clutch or not, that that shame is the thing that we are often trying to avoid by not taking that leap of faith. We think it's about the circumstances. We think we're trying to avoid losing money or getting rejected or, you know, our partner leaving us or, you know, losing our career, whatever. Like we think that it's about these circumstances. But even when it seems very circumstantial, if you ask yourself, what are you afraid you'll feel when that happens? And then you ask yourself, what will I be thinking? You're going to discover most likely it is thoughts about yourself. That is a rule as far as I can tell. 
So if that leap of faith you do need to make is to join the clutch, then I want to invite you to do that. We are open until May 2nd. You can text your email address to plus one three four seven nine three four eight eight six one. You don't need a code. Just text your email to plus one three four seven nine three four eight eight six one and we'll send you the link or go to unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash clutch. So unfuckyourbrain.com forward slash clutch. 